Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. We've got a guest here. Joining us. Hey guys, I'm Sean the Human. Hey! Hey! Triumphant return! Hey! I'm back to claim my spot as the most prolific guest in Adventure Guys history. (laughs) No one will beat me. And we we gotta say it's the first ever in person Sean Harvey Adventure Guys. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> when did not when did true. you when was the first time I came to your apartment? Oh, we did one. Yeah, yeah. We talked about Arkansas. Yeah, oh. we talked about Arkansas and milk, and we got oh, food shit. at that sweet spot on Met- on Manhattan. Alula. Mm, no, it was a sit down spot. Oh, sweet. It's like Thai. Oh, it's Thai. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Oh, uh, yeah. But Sean's in town. Yep, I am in town. I'm in town for a very important reason. Oh yeah. Hey. Oh yeah. I'm here for the good times. The lot. I'm here for the shakedown street. I'm here for the lore. Me and Nick are going to see Johnny Salami and the boys. We're going to see Dead and Company tonight. I cannot wait. Oh yeah. That's great. I can't wait. That we was a good sugar mag, dude. Good job. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> you sound just like Bob Weir, man. Oh it's yeah. Awesome. It's great. We uh yeah we're very excited. <clears throat> it is a truly big day. I the first time I saw Dead and Company was in Austin, um, back in like 2017 or some shit like that. It was it was great. It was a really great experience. It was at the Frank Irwin Center, the now yeah. defunct Frank Irwin Center. Yeah, you met uh you went with Corey who who's never on the podcast but was around it because he was our roommate in Austin when we started this. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and uh. Nick, you met Nick. Yeah, so that was like a. Um, it was not the first time I ever met our friend Nick Adamo, who I also um, play in a Grateful Dead tribute band called Mostly Dead. Check Which it out. We talked Most, about at last Mostly time. Dead Music. Oh yeah, and um, but like basically, it like solidified us knowing each other because he was in the seat directly behind me. Like just per chance, he was sitting directly behind me at the show, and then we all hung out. It was great. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, That's what you hope would happen that concert. I don't know. If I, I've, I don't know if I've ever met. A, well, you know, at shows, sure, but like at like a like big old arena stadium show, making a friend is pretty cool. Yeah, um, there was a whole thing where like there was the guy that was right next to Corey was like this old head that was like, man, I, I've seen I've seen the dead like fifteen times. I even saw them with Jerry in '74 and. He was like talking about like he really wanted him to play this song and that song and it happened. It was like it was a wild experience. It was great. Love it. So you're here. Yeah. So we're going. Um, we're gonna go a couple hours early to get to the lot. We're gonna try to see what online ceramics brought. Mm-hmm. Double wonderful or two definitely high up there. But then there's a lot of great merch happening. Yeah. Why don't you just for the pod explain the premise of Double Wonderful? Oh. <laughs> um, have you ever seen this, Eric? Double Wonderful. I don't think so. It's a so there's all these rad um, clothing companies that have sprouted up on Instagram, essentially. And it's cool is that people can do their designs. They'll get insane and then they can put them up for sale and do the virality they can go. So there's a lot of like really niche companies that are starting up. Now, Double Wonderful is one of these. Um, they do a lot of Grateful Dead stuff, but they also do a ton of Steely Dan merch so there's a lot there's a couple of uh shirts oh they're not up right now that are like steely dan grateful, grateful dead, dead crossovers. crossovers and uh oh, they've no. taken on such viral <laughs> viral like 
a claim that like a Kate McKinnon wore one on the season finale of SNL uh, last year. They're really, really sick. I really do like Kate McKinnon. So does that mean I have to start listening to Steely Dan and Grateful Dead? Uh, no, I, I think <laughs> did we've talked about it. No pressure. Um, I just think one day it'll it'll come back around for you at some point in your life yeah. uh, when your guard's down and you'll be like, ah, shit. Kind of yeah. like this. There, uh, for but me, the whole, but the whole lot. I mean, the whole. Oh, you, you go, you go. No, I mean, I was just going to talk about Steely Dan for a second. <laughs> oh, go, go for well, it. Well, I was just going to say, like, there's just funny and interesting lore, you know, of like them moving to LA and like going like, you know, half a million dollars over budget on records and like just like wild, insano, insano, madman, creative person shit that they did, like at the end of their primary career. They'd like write a song and they'd bring in a whole band to play it and record it. And then they'd fire everyone and bring in a whole different band to play that song again the next day. And they'd just do that <laughs> over and over again until they found the version of the song that they liked the best. Yeah. For the one song. And yeah. If and then wa- they do that for every song on the record. Yeah. And then you go watch, they famously, like one of the most famous parts of lore for them is in Asia, which is their best album a lot of people consider uh or gaucho or i guess but uh but asia that's like the fan favorite and there's a behind the music or no making making classic albums yeah it's like a vh1 vh1 classic albums have you ever watched any of those eric not in a long time yeah i hadn't either and we watched my friend charlie was you gotta watch the asia ones sean and i have watched it at least two or three times and uh in it they go through the iconic song peg and which is just one of the best songs on the record already and you find they get the solo michael mcdonald's backing vocals on it Berg. you hear Berg. Berg. yeah go watch this it's on it's, it's on amazon prime and then they go through the uh the guitar solos and they had like six or seven different guitar players try out guitar solos on it and like walter becker himself is an incredible guitar player but they were just after this like like the perfect version of all their songs in every part. So they got like, they go through them and they're just being ruthless. They're like, here's the first guy came in. They're like, it's just like some vanilla shit. Like that is not what we're doing. They go to the next one. They're like, I think this one speaks for itself. They're like, yeah, let's go to the next one. Like they're just shitting on all the other takes. And then this guy comes in they're like, yeah, it's just perfect, man. It's, it's really, yeah, it's really fun stuff. Uh, if you buy into how ridiculous it is. Um, but yeah, um, I think I said yesterday, this is like our Disney world going to go see dead and company with the whole lot experience. Cause you, you show up and there's just going to be people selling shit and, and it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be a total mess. I'm so excited. Me too. We saw, it's like, just like a tent city. The, the parking lot's like a tent city of vendors. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say there's something very punk rock about this is that, the Grateful Dead over time has always been completely willing and okay with other people making their shirt, like making shirts with their logos on it. And also people taping shows and trading tapes and whatever. They were like the first band that openly was like, yeah, come to our show, tape the show, trade tapes, all that. And like their record label, which like at the time was like Warner or whatever, was like, you can't let people <laughs> tape your show. And they were like, hey man, we we play the show. We play the music on stage. Once we're done playing it, we're done with that show forever. We don't want, and you, you can have it now. It's fine. But it actually like brought the band to like what 
people later considered to be like the first viral marketing ploy ever where they just like, they just let people make t-shirts and they let people make tapes and like all this stuff. Um, you know, like they were like one of the first bands to be like, we're just like going to give away our image and our shit to help more people know about us, which is great. Yeah. And that's why the lot scene is going to be amazing and yeah, ridiculous. It's perpetuated into this thing. Yeah. Pretty cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. I mean, I what I think I wish more bands did do the um each show. This I think this is one of the things about me. Like having each show be really an event because like like last night we were watching the set list because we know they're not gonna repeat songs tonight and we're like, fuck, we're not gonna get they they played, you know, China Rider and Sugar Mag, and then we're like, dang it, because like what are we gonna get tomorrow? And it's just like such an event and like the solos are different and all these things. Like I do wish more bands could incorporate that. So when you go to the show, it truly feels special. Not every band's built for it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's enough Grateful Dead. Talk. I think, I think the first time I was aware of something like that, was it Pearl Jam that like put out a series of live albums? That people, were... people uh, follow Pearl Jam like the Grateful Dead, which yeah. is interesting to me. I saw Pearl Jam and I was like, yeah, they're pretty good live. I didn't realize that you could follow them like that, but people really do. Yeah. Yeah, they have a whole series of shows like that. Yeah. Like it's cool. This was like in the C D era when I was a kid buying CDs and like I was just I was made aware of like the Pearl Jam live album that had like ten different versions of it just based on whatever city it was mm-hmm. on that tour. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, they had them all, whatever tower records I was in or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's yeah. cool. I mean, I think it's interesting with it is like the Grateful Dead can do it, but I think there's a little bit of like, if if you build it, they will come. Like, no one was asking for the Grateful Dead or Pearl Jam to do this shit. They were just like, it'd be rad if we did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. so I do like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, well, Sean, thank you for making time to uh, to do the pod. While yeah, of here. course. I've, got, I've been pretty busy doing a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we are doing, we're going to see Dead and Company tonight and then at... 6 a.m. tomorrow, I'm going to be at the LaGuardia Airport going back to Austin because uh, the Kraken Quartet has a big show that we're calling Reinvented um, coming up this weekend. It's going to be on Friday and Saturday, but like, I'm very excited about it. We've been working on this idea for kind of doing like a much bigger production for like a little bit over a year right now. Um, Like Omicron kind of made us postpone it for a little while, but we're doing it this weekend and uh, it's making things feel busy, but also I'm very excited. Yeah. So So it's like, it's some people, I'm hoping people who are listening to this have seen Kraken Quartet at this point. Yeah. But what, instead of like the normal rock show, right? You're going to be in a true theater. We're in a true theater. With a true lighting package. With a true synchronized lighting show. Synchronized lighting show. You're playing the songs people have heard, like the old songs, but you're also yeah. playing. We're playing covers, covers, and new a new song and or new two. songs. We're playing new songs. We're playing covers. Um, we are taking very very famous songs and trying our best to deconstruct them and make something. We're trying to reinvent the songs. That's what we're trying to do. Um, so we got we got a couple. Uh, we're just gonna have some some like of like the most popular songs you've ever heard ever, both new and old. That are we're trying to just like totally do a redo on them. Are we um, getting any Blink One Eighty Two spiders? 
Spider, where are the spiders? Did I talk about it on air before? Yeah, yeah. So no, unfortunately, we're not. We're not bringing back. Where are all the spiders? Um, a where are you? A I miss you. Uh, cover. But I really wish we were doing that one. That was really fun. Where are all the spiders? Catching all the spiders. That was really great. That was a super fun one. Um, but no, we're not doing that one. Um, I will say we're doing a little bit of Radiohead. We're doing some Billie Eilish. We're going to do, um, a couple others that I'm just going to let, I'm just, I'm just going to say, if you're in Austin, please, it would mean a lot to me for a multitude of reasons. If you came to this Kraken Quartet show, which, um, is going to be this Friday and Saturday, July 22nd and 23rd. At the ground floor theater. Meow, meow. Turned into a radio ad there at the end. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Enjoy right. it. I'm posting this from the Adventure Guys. I'm giving you the, the Adventure Guys bump right now. Oh, dude, I'm getting you Adventure Guys bump. I'm so honored. It's going to be great. I can't wait. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Very excited for that. Yeah, I mean, those things happened. Um, I also had some wild like life events happen since the last time I was on the show. Which... Um, I played with oh. my favorite band from when I was 13 years old. Oh, right. Yeah, I played I played with The Who um, in May, uh, which was the most preposterous experience of my entire life, but it was very fantastic. Also very funny and ironic because I did it playing timpani. And like it's like, I would say of all of the instruments that I learned in college and all of that, like I loved timpani. I was in high school and whatever, but... I was just like, I just, this instrument's such a pain. I don't want to play this instrument, whatever. I even owned timpani and last summer sold them. And then I played the two biggest gigs of my life in the last couple of months, both on timpani, which is like the world's great irony. But playing timpani <laughs> with the who, it was like, okay, here I am on stage. I'm fulfilling like a life's dream, but with like the ultimate hilarity that it's like this instrument that's probably like my least favorite slash at one point in my life was my favorite instrument to play. Um, what a journey, but it was, it was great. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, it was great. I mean, yeah, I, I would say to add to the lore of it, which is all that we're ever trying to do, uh, in the Harvey family, uh, is Sean grew up at favorite band, but dude, like we were in high school, you were in the basement, you were like learning how to play Tommy and live at Leeds front to back. Like you were taking those talking about live yeah, shows. Like, I was like learning Keith moon live, like Keith moon's live drumming was the first thing that made me, you know, this kid with ADD that was just like chugging Mountain Dew all day. Like that was, that was my entryway, you it's, know? It's funny saying that. I never, th I never thought about it in those terms because when you hear his drumming. Yeah. And it's always rushing and wild and whatever. And it's just, manic it's awesome it's that's great. why you're like let's go <laughs> yeah i was like let's go let's do it come on um yeah man i loved that drumming so much it really got me in um yeah and i like i even went down the rabbit hole with the live at leeds album of like play that down the rabbit hole theme song down the rabbit hole We got it in there. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Um, but like I, I even I like transcribed the guitar and the bass lines of like John Ed Whistle and Pete Townsend's playing like 
on a lot of that live record. I kind of, honestly, I kind of stopped transcribing Pete Townsend shit after a while <laughs> because he, he truly is like the rhythm guy in that band. But as, as uh, Roger Daltrey said, the lead bass of John Whistle um, was truly, uh, is truly remarkable on that record. So I really learned a lot through that band. And then um, also getting to see and be a part of like an arena production for the first time uh, was very, uh, it was very like intriguing to see just like how, why and how there's hundreds of people making those shows happen. It was yeah. Like, yeah. pretty crazy. And it was big for the family too. I'd say growing up, like one of two CDs we had in the car was Tommy. Yeah. It was like our mom's favorite album. And our uncle, uh, it was like, his favorite band. So we had like, yeah. two, you know, aunt, uncle, mom and dad, me yeah. flew in for it. It was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Our aunt and uncle flew in. My, also my godparents, they like, uh, when I got the gig, I told Nick first and I was like, I'm not sure this is actually happening yet. So we like held it from them and the family was like trying to make travel plans. And my dad was like, if you don't figure out what we're doing for this travel, blah, 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 something, something, we're, we're just going to have to cancel it and not do it. I was like, Nick, I have this thing I have to tell you. But then I finally told him and I was like, Hey, you should also tell our aunt and uncle. And it was like, yeah, okay. Like they were like, yep, that's great. We're coming. We're flying down for it. <laughs> um, so it was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Very fun. Yeah. And then, and then you played with Andrea Bocelli. <sighs> yeah. I played with Andre. <laughs> I played timpani. Oh, I played timpani with Andrea Bocelli. Um, like four weeks ago. Um, I guess I've kind of become like the on-call timpani at the basketball arena guy somehow in the last like <laughs> month and a half, which is really funny. But um, great market the corner. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's. It's a really lucrative thing that's going to have a lot of steady work. <laughs> you know, I'll probably have like four gigs a week playing timpani at the basketball arena. It'll be great. <laughs> but um, no, I mean. It is fun and, and cool, but like also just like a, a really exhausting prospect being like in like a local hired orchestra for that. Like, you know, like a little bit of how the sausage is made for the, the people like who are listening is like, you know, like when you're most of the time you see like a big arena act and they have like a little orchestra with them or whatever. Right. Like those people are like hired in the city that you're currently in. And like those people have to get there like really early to have like a bunch of rehearsals all day and then show up at soundcheck. Usually the band is not even there or they don't want to be a part of soundcheck because they're so freaking exhausted from just the prospect of everything that's going on. And then it's like the first time you're actually even like really doing the whole show is like on that performance. Right. So like tat, tag on to that, like loading timpani onto a rented truck and then like bringing them over there, getting COVID tested, bringing all the stuff into the arena. And then like, as soon as those shows are done, it's like people are still in the arena and the stage crew is like, we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to get, let's, let's go. Like, let's, you know, and it's like, and then you just like, you're not, you haven't even like really been able to process the fact that you just finished playing. And it's like, there's all of these stage hands, like get out, get off stage, get off stage right now. Get and then you're just hus <laughs> you're hustling until like one in the morning, like getting all your stuff, whatever, whatever. So it was a very, um, exhausting, but cool prospect to like, see how, um, gargantuan those productions are so it, it was a pretty cool life experience that's awesome yeah yeah well earned thank you very cool thank you uh, also for me the ultimate irony i'd like to say is that the only grad school audition i didn't get accepted for uh by uh 
by like a grad school professor when I was like doing auditions was a guy who said that he thought I was bad at playing the timpani. (laughs) (laughs) And then look at me, like the biggest gigs I've ever done have been like timpani gigs. So yeah, I thought you were, that was always one of your big fuck you to that guy. I did. I thought it was too. And then one guy was like, it was like, yeah, he just doesn't know how to play timpani. You want, you want meanwhile, the guy, meanwhile, (laughs) the guy he accepted was in the room right after me and he couldn't tune the timpani, but he accepted him anyway. That's a, that's a story for another day. Yeah, that sounds like some convenient. Uh, yeah, big f you to that guy because I uh, played him in an arena. Now let's go twice. That's great. Yeah, how many arenas has that guy ever played timpani in? He's probably done it before, but hopefully zero. <laughs> I feel, I feel better if it was zero. Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, love that. Yeah. Nice, so. Sean. Thank you. Doing yeah. it. That was just some good, good uh, life. It- life updates. Yeah, there were some there were there were some really good fulfilling life experiences that have happened since the last time yeah. I was on. So I know good. you've done some recording well and hopefully there'll be some more to uh to bring to bring up on your next appearances, which Yeah, will be I think there will plentiful. be. Yeah. Yes, there definitely will be. So hell yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um well we gotta get to this a lot soon. So I th- I think we hard pivoted <laughs> into Adventure Time Talk. Adventure time talk. Okay. Let's go. Episode discussion. I'd like to start with something. (laughs) Go for it. This was the first time I'd really thought about it. And this has to do with trends that are currently in the culture. But my first, one of my first things I wrote down about this episode was that Tiffany's mullet is sick. (laughs) <laughs> Tiffany's mullet is sick yeah so let's let's talk about so true adventure time here right we're getting thrown right in the middle of a fucking thing and I will say Tiffany and Susan Strong pivotal characters you don't see them that many times in the series right it's a handful of episodes that each of these characters were in so I was like huh I couldn't remember like where we were in the arc Tiffany we covered the episode right that tiffany was in sean may have even done it i can't remember uh, honestly my mind's a jumbled mess with all the, what's pod and what's not uh but the last time we saw tiffany weren't wasn't tiffany bat- battling jake and and finn in that like underground area and then was eaten by like a worm or something yeah that was the dentist episode i think oh was, yeah the it, dentist episode it was just finn uh and tiffany didn't like finn uh he only likes jake so they had to ha- have like their whole Tiffany Finn relationship development episode, and it ended with Tiffany dying. Yeah. <laughs> is what it seemed like <laughs> until he shows up. The the moment like towards the beginning where like there's like this crazy spaceship underground spaceship thing that like drills through the cavern, and the door opens up, and it's like. <laughs> It's me, Cyber Tiffany. I was just like, this moment doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and it's presented in such a way that's like, it, we're so, like everyone is supposed to understand. And and then Nick, who's who's watching uh, the episode for the first Nick time Adamo with us. Nick friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Upstairs. I'm just thinking, if this was the first time someone ever watched Adventure Time, and you just get this scene where... Tiffany shows up. It's me, Cyber Tiffany. Like, what would you possibly think about this show? What I know. I know. Yeah. What intro. Yeah. 
Yeah. I was also intrigued. Introducing himself as Cyber Tiffany is so presumptuous because it's like putting the cyber there. It's like, did we know? Have Has Tiffany explained the cyberness to them since they last met? It's like, no. no. So it's just such a... It's such a jarring way. Right. It's like ironically bad writing to have a character yeah. introduce themselves on screen by saying, it's me. And then giving the name that they've never used before. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was fun though. Like for me, cause then, cause like Jake is clearly baffled. Like what? Yeah. Like, you know, like it was great. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, was that episode before this, the only episode Tiffany was ever in? No, no, no. It, Tiffany's three. been in other ones. Yeah. Uh, I think the origin of Tiffany's relationship with Jake is that they used to be in a heisting crew together. <laughs> I forgot. I thought they were almost like related some sorts, but no, they, I mean, that's, that's, that's a profession where you're bonded pretty heavily. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And of course he's in um, the distant land special a lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. So before Tiffany gets there, they're just with uh, Susan Strong and they're in the underground part just exploring. They're exploring an arcade and they're seeing what humans were up to thousands of years yeah. ago. Oh, that was great. And it was like an arcade from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty fun. Jake is convinced that they're going to get cursed in there somehow and is like <laughs> hoping it will happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. The curse and then and then he trips over the little fluffy dinosaur and is like... You know, whatever. I also love there's the moment where Finn is like seeing old like arcade toys and stuff like that. And is like, do you see this thousands of years ago? This horse had a spike and is like making up stuff about the past. That's like totally off base and not true about like a merry-go-round horse. Yeah. It's like uh, whatever a merry-go-round horse is made of, like some kind of ceramic or something. Yeah. Like he's he says it's the bones of an ancient horse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> love it it's so good um yeah yeah. so they're there and then they're like digging up stuff and then out through the dirt comes a giant robotic norwal yeah right yeah it looks like a norwal (laughs) and uh out comes cyber tiffany and invites them in he's like yeah you know i i've been through a lot since i last saw you and now tiffany's got a cyborg arm yeah it's not really clear why any of this is happening or like were they and I, I, I'm realizing now that I didn't question it, but why is this ship showing up here at this time with these people? Like, were they looking for Finn and Jake? Yeah, or Susan, or is it just like an unexplained coincidence? <laughs> it's a good point. It feels unexplained coincidence. It feels interesting. Un- I don't know. I wondered to myself, I was like, maybe they're looking for the fish people because the fish people are kind of hybrid looking. They're already hybrids. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah. I know because they come out, you you go inside and what the the main uh, villain of the episode is doing is making these hybrids of different animals and beings and smashing together mashups as Jake refers to them. Yeah. And then they come out of the spaceship, spoiler, at the end or the normal and there's the fish people they were hanging out at the beginning of the episode who are like half fish, half people. They're already hybrids. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. I did write down these animals are an abomination <laughs> for the am- animals that were inside. Like, uh, yeah. So, Scorp, Scorp, t- Tiffany takes them inside 
and is showing them around and is like, you know, I was in the belly of the intestines of this worm. And then the doctor saved me and gave me this robot arm and like, welcome. Like, let me show you around. And they meet the doctor and they're looking at all these, like what the doctor has been up to, which is making these animal mashups and yeah. Abominations. So Sean, Scorp monk, which is half scorpion, yeah. half chipmunk. Yeah. So that, yeah, the, the, the scorpion chipmunk, I, for me, it was like, oh my God, like this is where it's like, these are just abomination animals, whatever. But Scormunk is all of a sudden doing a dance and using the tail and is like up, up, like upside down doing a dance. And then Jake's, Jake's like, whoa, look at that. He's doing a little dance for yeah, you us. You go, girl. And he's like, you go, girl. It's almost like he's t- telling me something. And then the villain's like, okay, here we go. Was it Dr. Gross? Yeah. Dr. Gross is like, okay, time to come this way. And the squirrel monk is like, dang, I did my warning dance and everything. <laughs> yeah, there's some, <laughs> this is really funny. Yeah. There's some other ones. There was a, a half shark, half rat. It was a shark that likes cheese or maybe it was a mouse. Um, yeah. My favorite, which was not an abomination, which was really interesting, looked like an apple <laughs> with like a human face. It looked like kind of like a Ricardio thing, but it was like an apple and it had human eyes and, and lips and was eating a little tiny apple. <laughs> and that was interesting because the rest were just like two animals mashed up. This was an apple that they brought to life. <laughs> that was eating an apple. That was eating an apple. Truly yeah. abomination. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, th- what were those... Or later on, there's the wolf things, the sea, the sea oh, the wolves. Lump. Wolf lards. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the wolf lards. Yeah. The wolf lards. And they were like, it has the, uh, it has the stamina of a, it has the stamina of a sea lard uh, mashed together with the bloodthirsty killer instincts of a sea lard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was like Tiffany's line. I was like, that's so funny. That's great. I love lards. There's, there, there's never really, a true explanation for what lards are, but they're just in the background of the show the whole time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very funny. So I kind of skipped past before was, um, Susan strong upon getting onto the spaceship has this sort of like sixth sense. That's like directing her where to go. She, she sees a flying, um, three dimensional, um, triangle pyramid thing, very close to a cube. And it was up there, and she uh, gets in touch with it and starts speaking in dial-up sounds, <laughs> yeah. like telepathically is now linked. Like, and it was like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And what do they say? Oh, Susan, I didn't know you spoke robot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and yeah. then she just goes, and she's able to get clearance and move through the spaceship freely, and gets all the way to Doctor Gross, who's like the captain of the ship, and has had this huge rose petal, and is able to get there and. It's very odd. It's like, okay, Susan's somehow connected to what's going on here. Yeah, for sure. And it's, and then they do reveal like, oh, the cyborg stuff. And there's like half man, half robot. And it's like, that's what Susan is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a really interesting reveal at the end. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Jake and Finn, though, they don't look at all this as abominations. They're pretty in on all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And because especially, you know, Dr. Gross sings a song to explain everything that's going on, which just works for them. That was a great song. Great synth choice. Yeah, it was like an old drum machine. Yeah, it was like an old drum machine and like a prophet that like was like all uh, vibratoed out, like warbly. Very fun. Yeah, I noticed they, uh, 
they kind of kept the song going like in the background after she stopped singing. It was like kind of like scoring the rest of the, the yeah. scene, which is not something that Adventure Time does really. Like a lot of, man, so much of the score, like incidental music and stuff is just like weird blips and bloops. I know. And, but it, yeah and like she finished yeah. the singing the song and yet like there's still like a bunch more music with time and meter that uh-huh. keeps playing underneath yeah oh she sings I, I was trying to find it on the internet the uh the song but it looks like she's in another episode and sings a different song i oh, hear it is Ooh. it was called evolution yeah evolution's a natural process but it's not exactly the fastest. You this can like reach your potential. <laughs> Just a little hit. Dude, it totally is. Because what's great about this song, and we'll post it, is uh, <laughs> I love that she, uh, it's like a really human vocal performance where it's not perfect. Sometimes like the time's floating and it, it makes me think, like I was, I mean, that won't make any sense to the listeners of the rant songs, but I think it sounds to me like they had her do the vocal performance first and then well probably while she was in the booth doing the episode and then built up the whole backing track behind it so it's not exactly locked in like it's not like she's singing along to a track i think that's how a lot of these songs are in the show and that's why they feel a little bit off and human yeah so many of marceline's songs are like the time is not steady at all yeah yeah but it's i love it i think it helps with the the life of the song yeah, I wonder if like the voiceover actor is going in and doing it first, and then the then then the soundtrack person or the the film's the scorer has to do it it later. They they have to be some of the, like yeah. So I'm I'm working on covering a Marceline song uh, for my next solo album, and like just transcribing it was like, wait, where's this bar starting, and where's the last one ending? Like, there's, there's some really wacky stuff. It's uh-huh. like there's no possible way this was written like this. It's just yeah. how it came out. Yeah, and someone was trying to follow her. Yeah. Got it. That's interesting. Yeah. I am always enthralled though by the musical choices on this show. It's just so good. Yeah. So, so good. Really, really fun. Um, one observation I wanted to point out was when Dr. Gross appears, she jumps up and all this like dust comes out of her boots and she's like kind of floating in the air. And the colors that are coming out of her boots are four different colors that kind of mimic the elements. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That was an interesting. I was like, I don't know what to do with that, but oh yeah. I saw it. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's cool. Yeah. Um Yeah, so then they they go they go see all the mashups mm-hmm. and uh then they go into what was the the room they go into, which was the experimentation room. And Jake's like, Yeah, Susan, come on, we're in the imagination room. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I just willfully ignoring what's being said <laughs> and dr gross is like you guys who wants lollipops and uh and susan and, strong's y- like yeah uh but finn told me not to take candy from strangers <laughs> and then jake said probably the best line of the whole thing which was like susan a stranger is just someone that you haven't taken candy from yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah Which stranger re- is a friend you haven't taken candy from yet or something that like that. that really got me yeah. yeah that was a really great one um i want to back up and talk about something i noticed really early on right was in the reveal of the cyber arm and cyber tiffany with the arm and, and stuff did anyone else catch how finn was like i don't know i kind of like cyber arms 
What do you think, Susan? I think I really like cyber arms. And then it went silent for a sec. And then the whole thing went on, which is foreshadowing to the end of the end of the show when, when Finn has a cyber arm himself. Totally didn't pick up on that. Yeah. 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 I was wondering, because I, this is getting to the point where there's the, him getting his grass arm and the, 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 the cyber cyborg arm. I've never seen any of that. So I was like, is this when Finn is going to get his cyborg arm? (laughs) Cause I was like, this is like a little bit where some of my gaps start to show up. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it's confusing. I I don't remember when and where those things happen because it seems that like there's not even necessarily an importance to the like the linearity of like when Finn has an arm, doesn't have an arm, or what kind of arm he has. It's just it's just something that's always happening to him. Yeah, he's like just always in the process of like an arm thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. But but I didn't really realize like seeing that, and it's like okay, we're ha- we're like in episode 12 of season eight it's like he must start having all of his arm troubles like very shortly after that episode oh i think the very oh it is the very next episode we and we we watched uh the next episode reboot is when finn loses his his uh grass regrown arm so like his arm right now is the one that like regrew because of his grass curse and then he gets his arm like ripped off like the grass. Oh, cause, and that's where Fern comes from. Yeah. yeah. Things are coming together now. Okay. So Fern is introduced in the yeah. very next episode out of Finn's grass arm that gets ripped off. I'm just really glad that we do this show out of order. It's really great. <laughs> it helps with the continuity of, of the story and understanding. Everything. Putting it's it great. all together. Super yeah. putting it all together. So great. this is, this is like a precursor to the islands miniseries uh, where they're about to set sail. I think, didn't she me- mention? She mentioned the island. Yeah. She yeah. was like something, something like, they oh, all yeah. told me on the island that you would never get away with this. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think Princess Bubblegum makes Finn the cybernetic arm f- in preparation for his trip to the islands. Yeah. That would make sense. Dr. Yep. Gross. Dr. G. I love Dr. Gross. And then just immediately the familiarity with Jake being like, hey, Dr. G. You got something, a painkiller for my buddy over here? It's just like immediate Jake familiarity and shortcuts and stuff. It was yeah. awesome. Great little Jake so, moment. So in the episodes, so at the end of the climax, they've taken the lollipops and they're now like knocked out. They're not paralyzed. They're, yeah, they're paralyzed because their minds and voice and everything still works. They just can't move. And uh, Susan pretended to have eaten it and then eventually... Is like psych. She didn't eat it, and then saves them and like busts out extremely violently. And she's battling all the different like Doctor Gross's quote babies or animals that are gonna stop them. But she's using Finn and Jake like as the weapons. Like she's smashing them, but not with her hand, but with Finn. <laughs> yeah, which is really funny. He's okay with it. Yeah, and then they get captured in a net, and in a heroic moment, Tiffany turns on Doctor Gross so that they can get away. And they and Tiffany's like, uh, don't worry about me. Just get out of here. And Tiffany's like, okay, like super quickly and just leaves, yeah. <laughs> I, which I, I appreciate because there was no like negotiation. Like, no, let me save you or like trying to save Tiffany. It's just like, okay, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here. I forget what happens to Tiffany after this. Me too. It doesn't seem like it's going to be very good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but they get out and then. The, the thing drills in back into the ground like where it came from 
And Finn's like, Jake, don't worry. Tiffany's going to be okay. And then there's like an atomic bomb level explosion. Like a cataclysmic explosion. Yeah, of like blinding light. And it's like, Tiffany's probably okay. <laughs> but then a lot of the uh, animals got out unscathed and now the abominations are out and there's a big eel heading to Candy Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's where the next episode picks up on immediately they're fighting the electric eel. Oh, wow. And and the electric shock is what fries Susan's brain chip. Oh, interesting. I remember. I'm piecing this yeah. together. I like some continuity going here that they started doing. <laughs> the more we do this podcast, the more we'll start to fill in the gaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It was, it was a fun, fun, fun episode. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the snail, Sean? Yes, I did. Hey. hey, Eric, did you see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. God damn. <laughs> I was looking for it too. <laughs> but I know it was, oh, I know part of the show was probably in just the first like quarter of the episode. No, no it wasn't. Oh, where was it? So um at the very end when they were paralyzed and they were on the tables. Uh-huh. Um, the snail was under Jake's table. Oh, wow. I was like looking at that And point. the line that was being said at the time was, I wrote it down, because um, it was great. It was, um, none of you normies know what you want. Yep. Oh. Yep. It was during the normie line. Yeah. yeah I was, was watching and I was like looking around. I guess I didn't look at the bottom of the screen. I was yeah. looking elsewhere. Yeah. We were just talking about Magic Man's famous line about being a normie. Yeah. I do love... Adventure time talking about normies. Yeah. Referring well, to normies. I know. It does seem weird when you have Magic Man who's, I don't, he's not a good guy. And this is a villain. <laughs> Two villains are looking down on normies, but not, doesn't do great for us looking down on normies don't ourselves. Don't defend normies. No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying <laughs> it. they're putting it there. But, uh, cause I'm, yeah. I'm, I, our Finn and Jake aren't normies, though. No. Hell no. Yeah. No. They live in a treehouse. <laughs> They live in a treehouse. Jake is a stretchy dog. Yeah, and they yeah. fight. They fight monsters. Yeah, they don't have nine to fives. Yeah, no. they just do whatever they want. I no love nine it. to fives. They don't have smoothies. That's a callback to the mad. That's the callback to the Magic Man line. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been getting so many smoothies recently. Oh, dude, what's your favorite smoothie? Favorite uh, kind of thing to put in a smoothie. So my favorite smoothie in Brooklyn is from this place called Freckles in mm-hmm. Bushwick. Um, it's right near my gym. Yeah. And it's a Bob Marley themed smoothie place. Great, great. Uh, my favorite one there is called the Buffalo Soldier. And it's <laughs> it's uh, carrots and banana mm-hmm. and like pumpkin seeds and hemp seeds. Yeah. And... Uh, ginger and cinnamon. Um, mm-hmm. It's freaking so good. Yeah. Gotcha. That's cool. Um, there's a spot in Austin that I, I just can't avoid. It's called Juice Land, which has expanded to Dallas and Houston now. Come over to my side of town and get some Juice Land. That's Nick's take on the Juice Land theme. What? What's really funny is so when you call Juice Land, they put you on hold. And a song plays, and it sounds nothing remotely like what Won't Nick is singing at all. Those are the words. Nick's never. 
Juice. So Nick's ever Nick's never heard the song. He's just heard me laugh about the song. And like So I reconstructed it. So in his head he decided like what the melody is. And the rhythm. Uh, and, and it's not won't you come over, it's let's go over to my side of town. <laughs> so he's got some of the words wrong. It's got the wrong feel. The melody's not right. But I love um the endearing nature of Nick's version of the song. Yeah. But anyway Wait, I have to go again? Won't you come over to my side of town and get some juice land? Oh. Oh, I think we decided that it was like almost a ska song or something. It um it's yeah, it's sort of like a won't you come over to my side It's like a peppy nineties. Um, yeah, it's like um F sharp major. Sure, yeah, that works. It's like a sort of like a um walking on sunshine kind of deal. Yeah, that's sounding right. There you go. Won't you come over to my side of town and get some juice land? That's, yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, we got we got a beginnings there. Yeah, we got it. We're gonna we're gonna take the juice land song. And we're gonna change it because Nick's. I love this. Yeah, this I like the two for. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Won't you come over to my side of town and get some juice land? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. I've often talked about remaking it and just sending them a recording and saying, like, here you go. <laughs> With no explanation. That would. I'd love that. That'd be great. Yeah. But I do oh. love. I do love Juice Land. It's very good. Should I try to call um, Juice Land right now and see if I can get the? Oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. <laughs> call call Juice Land. Just hang up. Call call um, dude. Call the Juice Land on Barton Springs because that is the one that will probably have like a really bad line. So like the wait will be. So we'll get the uh, the waiting machine. Yeah. Is it on? Is it on a speaker? Thanks for calling Juice Land. Press 1 if you already ordered online, and someone will be right with you. Did you know drinks come true faster when you order online? Sure press. One. This is our website. Our new and improved... Thanks for calling Juice Land. Stay on the line, and someone will be right Here with you. Here we go. Juice Land, Barton Spring. <laughs> oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> he answered. We didn't get to hear it. All right, let's try again. <laughs> you know, try a different location. Okay. Go for a different location. But did you hear it wasn't even the right tempo or anything? It's not the right feel. It's like it's like a hip hop thing. It's like a it's like an R and B thing. All right, I'm trying the one on Burnett, Sean. Okay, this is our home Juice Land. Okay. Thanks for calling Juice Land. Press one if you already ordered online. Thanks for calling Juice Land. Stay on the line, and someone will be right with you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I really hope we got that. That was great, Nick. Thank you for that. Oh, we got it. Um, I've also never heard it get that far to when the the whistly synth comes back in. Yeah. Like normally it's 
Let's go over to my side of town and get some juice land. And then the girl says, no, come over to my side of town and get some. And then someone picks up. And that's usually how, at least during the pandemic, that's how long it took. So I never heard like the reintroduction of that, of that synth line before. That's yeah. great. I'm really glad we got that. You weren't too far off. No. <laughs> yeah. It's good. I like it. Good. Yeah. They do make uh, a, a great, a great smoothie though. Nice. So we yeah. didn't get the snail song, but we did get the Juice Land songs. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we uh, good. we we really owe it to Juice Land to go buy some smoothies from the next time yeah. we're down there. Yeah, Sean and I free do. plug, free plug. Just, it, it's a it's a great smoothie. I know. I also want to shout them out because I have an intolerance to almonds, like raw almonds. I can't have raw almonds, and Juice Land's really good about like I tell them, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll make like any of these smoothies uh, without almond stuff in it. You know, they, they just do that. Meanwhile, there's all those other fucks all over the place that they're like, no substitutions. Like, we will not take substitutions. Really? In our smoothie. What smoothie places don't have substitutions? Well, I. It's kind of a weak move if you're a smoothie place. Yeah, I know. I don't. I can't remember. They've all just been like, like local one offs and stuff I've been to before, like that. I definitely. I visited Los Angeles in May and I got um, a very delicious $15 smoothie oh, that I bet was all over LA. Yeah, I know, but, but th there was definitely no, no substitutions on that one. I, I can sometimes get up to like maybe 14 bucks on a smoothie if I'm adding in stuff. Yeah. Like, um, like adding in spirulina is yeah. kind of a classic. Spirulina move. is in my favorite smoothie at juice land. I always add the vegan collagen builder. It's mm. really good, you know, cause Collagen, people think about beauty products with collagen, but it's also really good for your joints and your joint health. So I put the vegan collagen builder in in the uh, in my smoothie all the time. The the nearest smoothie place to my new apartment is Grassroots Juicery on Bedford. I've heard of that. Um, actually, I saw Lucas there one time, uh, like right after work in a Sunday show at Brooklyn Bowl. Um, but uh, they have an extensive menu. I haven't tried everything yet. They have this smoothie that's like not good, but I get, <laughs> I get it anyway, just because I know it's like, it's one of those like healthy smoothies that yeah. isn't supposed to taste good. And like, I just, I'm helping my body. Yeah. I just like force myself yeah. sometimes. It's like getting a wheatgrass shot or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without the apple juice. Yeah. 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 I, I normally get the wheatgrass. Yeah. The wheatgrass shot. Uh, straight I've, got, up. I've got a smoothie upstairs waiting for me. That's cool. <laughs> it's great bro I like yeah. smoothies I like smoothies too where's mine you can have some oh let's go yeah. Damn, I might get a smoothie on my walk back yeah, I hope really whoever's good. listening to this stops whatever they're doing and goes and gets a smoothie right now I hope that you all come over to my side of town and get some juice land <laughs> that's really what I hope you do perfect um, before we get into the end of the episode, I just want to say thank you for listening and Wait, if you are enjoying you're it you're really jumping the gun dude we have so much stuff to do don't what? we I know we're close to the end of the episode. I know. I'm throwing our our throwing our thing uh, in the okay. middle. Well, first of all, Nick and I saw the snail, and it's two out of three. She'll so play that two out of three. Theme oh, song. I forgot there is a two out of three song now. I Let's thought hear it. I thought we had. If also, my name is Sean, and I saw the snail. Do not give credit to my brother. What did I say, Nick? Oh gosh. Yeah, Nick is a, a so no, no snail seeing. I have no snail vision person. All right, so here's the two out of three theme song for me and Sean and not Nick. Two out of three ain't bad, but it ain't great. Okay, well, great. All I was going to say was if you're enjoying the show, rate us five stars on whatever podcast app 
you're on. Be very great. Follow us on all social media. You can support us at anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. And if you could like, you know, share this episode with a friend, you might think you might like it. Someone who likes smoothies a lot or uh timpani. I don't know. Like go get smoothies with your friend while listening to adventure guys. Yeah. That's a great friend date. I think so. Yeah. Smoothies. Smoothie time. Smoothie time. Yeah. As, as, um, as a connoisseur of both timpani and juice land, I can say that if you are a part of the timpani and juice land fan base, then this podcast is for you. Oh yeah. yeah. We're really hitting that demo hard. Fans of timpani will love adventure guys. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't. I know a few timpanists. I know a few. Yeah. I got to make sure they're listening. Yeah. There you, you got go. it, man. There's at least one drum somewhere in, in, advent- in Adventure Time, I have to. Imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Death plays the drums. Do you know? LSP plays drums. Oh, I meant, <laughs> I meant timpani. Do you know that the, um, the singular for timpani is timpano? Huh. It's Italian and shit. Makes sense. Yeah. Didn't ever need to think about it, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine just the one timpano like John Bonham had or whatever. John Bonham had one drum on his left side. Vaguely tuned to some pitch to sound cool. Yeah. We got uh, we got some timpani at the, the Pencil Factory studio that I work at just oh, yeah. around the block. Oh, you cool. want to scratch that itch, get some timpani practice in before That'd be you go. good. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely not do that. Um, <laughs> But if y'all want to pay me to uh, maintain them or tune them, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. But you know what's great use of a, a timpano? Really great use of a timpano is that one Beach Boy song. Really great iconic use of a single drum. Yeah. There just aren't enough uses of one single timpano. That's why we always say timpani. Yeah. I had a teacher in high school who was hell-bent on correcting anyone that said timpanese. <laughs> like like poor band parents that were like, hey, so um, I need to help move the timpanese. You know, and he'd be like, stop. The plural of timpani is timpani. Continue your sentence. It's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Nick, you got that song pulled up? I do. Yeah, do you let's hear it? Okay. I was making sure it was You did a good job singing that. Good job. You know what I will say about that? What I love about that song, the irony, they specifically have it tuned as low as possible so there's you cannot tell what the fuck the pitch is. It's <laughs> right. just like a blah, splat, 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 yeah. But it sounds great. I love it. I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Got some, uh, what's the next thing that happens in this podcast? Miscellaneous. Let's go. This episode, which again, season eight, episode 12, preboot, written and storyboarded by Alex Senwald and Adam Muto. 
Um, features, this is the debut of the character, Dr. Gross, who is voiced by Lenin Parham. Sweet. Um, who we know, uh, Sean, she's in the Comedy Bang Bang universe. Oh, yeah. Miss Lissler. Oh, yeah. Miss Lissler. <laughs> Uh yeah, very funny. She I I think what's fun about her much like Andy Daly is that mm-hmm. they can look and sound so normy. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. can. Like Andy Daly is like king normy and then his characters get so insane and and she she's I think she's very much this similar and I, that that is very fun. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Deceptively normy. Yeah. Um yeah, there's, I mean, there's a few. I mean, this, here in the on the wiki, they're talking about how the Evolution song sounds similar to Pure Imagination by Gene Wilder. I, I don't think that's true. Yeah, what what amateur musicologist wrote that bullet point? <laughs> I don't well, think that's. I think that's. I think that's, I think that's a just the reach. reference. Yes, it's a reference. It's the, it's the reference that yeah. I can get down with. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it, but it's the reference. No, it doesn't. What else we got? The do- character of Dr. Gross is based on the character of Dr. Moreau from the H.G. Wells novel, The Island of Dr. Moreau, a mad scientist uh, who experiments uh, creating hybrid animals. That's cool. I like that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is I it, love the, ref- <laughs> the references in this show. There's a Great video reference. game reference to Metroid. Which one's Metroid? Uh, Samus is the character. Oh yeah, it's the Samus game. Yeah, I love Samus. Um, yeah, Nick. Okay, so for our listeners, Nick is really has a troubled smile <laughs> on his face, and he's looking at Google Images. Nick, can you talk to us about what play, you're play that looking Google at? theme song, baby? So uh, here they talk about how uh, the uh, genetically enhanced apple bears a keen resemblance to Happy Appy, a character from Creepypasta. A par- character from what? Creepypasta. What a sh- what a name, Creepypasta. Yeah, it's like an internet deal. I don't really know. It's yeah, it's, uh, original horror fiction online. Interesting. Yeah, and it's like a very pixelated apple with the mouth. Um, it does kind of look like it. I, hard to know if there's a connection. Yeah, but it is. Tr- it is a really troubling apple, though. Yeah, it's troubling. Everyone oh. should go look up Happy Appy. So much trouble. Yeah, I would say that when you guys post about this episode, make the image the apple eating the apple. <laughs> oh my gosh, I think that's a really important image. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really does symbolize everything that goes on in this episode. Yeah, definitely. So does. this this is interesting. There's a little trivia down here. So approximately seven hundred and seventy thousand people watched this episode's premiere, which sounds pretty good to me. But they said <laughs> yeah. this and reboot are some of the lowest watch episodes of Adventure Time ever. Um, most likely no no promotion and a last minute time change. That's weird because it was also aired as the seventh season finale, even though. I guess maybe the production codes changed later on. 
Interesting. Yeah, so it was marketed as the seventh season finale, but it wasn't even really marketed well anyway. Huh. So I really do personally get confused with the whole the the episodes used to be in a different order and now they're on HBO Max the way they are. Yeah, well, this is the funny thing about these Cartoon Network shows is that sometimes like the air dates don't really correspond logically to like season demarcations. Mm-hmm. Um like you'll have a huge gap like two thirds through a season and then like season four will end and a month later you'll get season five. Yeah. So it's a, it doesn't make any sense. Um, now they're doing even some weirder things. Like I noticed we got some new episodes of Craig of the Creek on HBO max uh-huh. and like the airing schedule for that has been like really inconsistent. And they're also like uploading them to HBO max, like in a sort of piecemeal way. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think there's ever been a consistent model for this and I think huh. they're just continuing to do it haphazardly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I can go watch some Craig of the Creek right now. Yeah. Uh, we're pretty deep into season four. Craig of the Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, every time I bring it up, Sean. Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey. <laughs> Jeffrey. What well, was that, Nick? No, every time I bring it up, Sean just goes, Greg off the Greek. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's such a it's such a, a perennial Jeff uh sound in that. Yeah, some of uh the recent episodes. So the music in that show, I actually kind of like the music in season one the best, mm-hmm. like overall, because yeah. it's very much raw Jeff ska punk music. And as the show went on, he's clearly had more resources available to him, and he, and he's gone in a more cinematic direction. Um, and there's pl- still plenty of ska, but it's like things are definitely more thought out, arranged, and like using more strings and brass sounds and stuff that are you know like fake scoring yeah. software. Um, it it's cool that he can do that, but I feel like it's become a little bit more similar to a lot of other sh- shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like kind of. I don't want to say generic, but it just like it slots into like <clears throat> like people's consciousness of like what cartoon music should be a little bit yeah. more, um, rather than having like a very unique stamp like ska punk music uh, with like some weird chip tune sounds. Now that is to say that there are a few very standout episodes in the recent seasons that have like phenomenal music. Yeah, that's like very focused on a particular thing, and it, it's done so well, and it's mm-hmm. still very very much Jeff. Nice. Um, <clears throat> but there's a certain charm to like season one Craig of the Creek music that's like so unbridled. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a really cool Jeff song in <clears throat> the episode I watched. Uh, I think it's season four, episode 21. It's like a full new Jeff song. It's like full lyrics and everything. And like, wow. I don't know if this is like posted anywhere else yet, but it's like, as far as I know, the only place you can hear it is on this episode. And it's in the end credits too. Like they continue it. It's it's like Hell a yeah. full new song. Wow, it, that's cool. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Go listen to that. It's cool. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think that's a, this is a good place uh, to, to just go on to episode generator. I was going to say wrap it up, but don't want to forget that. What if we watch some Craig of the Creek next next week? Well, I'd do that. I was going to say. If Sean was here, we would definitely do it. 
Yeah, I know. We definitely would. Unfortunately, I'm not. Um, I I was also going to say that this theme song, I feel like, has the biggest, like, Jeff influence. <laughs> I feel like this this next this theme song. Right oh, now. the episode generator. Yeah. Can we hear it? Yep. I want to hear it. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Really it's great. one of the best ones, Eric. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, Sean and I, speaking of spinoffs, Sean and I have been watching a lot of regular show. Oh, yeah. I'm doing watching so much regular I, show. I was like, this is one of my favorite TV shows. It's funny. I was like, yeah. Twin Peaks, The Return, Mad Men, regular show. Like, these are my top five <laughs> adventure time. I've been yeah. doing a leisurely watch through a rewatch of regular time for a while now, yeah. like like several months. Um, it's just kind of like the last show I'll put on like before I fall asleep. I'll just watch an episode yeah. like every other night or something like that. Yeah. And last night I watched Wall Buddy. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Perfect just, time. Just where I was. Yeah. Love it. It's I so just good. I think I I think what's really comforting to me is the uh, <laughs> talking normie like just the mundane suburban uh, backdrop that it's on as using as the springboard into the like surreal insane shit. Is great. We're we've been watching Sean. And I have just about finished season seven, I think, Sean. Yeah. And uh, there's some really insane stuff in there. Like I feel like they're making sure that there's some really funny jokes in each one. Where mm-hmm. more consistently, I feel yeah. like they, I feel like they're hitting their stride more. Yeah, I think so. Plus, Rigby is less annoying. They've yeah. kind of gotten all the like. They're not dwelling on any of the like relationship stuff now. He's just firmly dating Eileen. Like. Margaret and Mordecai aren't together anymore. It's fun. It's like we all okay. We're all standing in a good place. Yeah, yeah. I, Eileen is a great character. There's there's a moment in season nine where they get really meta with some something and like they talk they talk about like the early pitfalls of the show. Like oh man, like nobody really liked when <clears throat> when it was so focused on Mordecai and Margaret. And like it, I can't believe it took us this long to, to like to get Eileen a bigger role in the show. Like, and they're like they're talking about oh, this really? in season nine. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. We just watched an Eileen episode where it was um, Rigby is Rigby is literally just like Rigby is literally just like um, like trying to plan a surprise for Eileen. And it's like, but Eileen always figures out what all of my surprises are. And it was just like this really absurdist, insane journey that they take Eileen on um, to make sure she can't figure out what Rigby's surprise is. Is it, it was a really great the one. turtle episode? I don't think there was a turtle in it. Okay. I think I, I, I'm having trouble remembering exactly what it was, but I know that my favorite episode of Adventure Time is the Eileen turtle episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's fun. Yeah. She's like supportive of Rigby's antics. Sometimes, but she also has her own fun things too. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. a good, a good match. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. What we, wait, let's do the episode. The episode generator. What did we get? Her. Uh, what show are we gonna watch? Oh yeah. <laughs> I got one eighty. One second. I don't think there are one hundred eighty episodes of Craig of the Creek. Evergreen. Oh, okay. That's a pretty heavy episode of Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Evergreen. It's one of the few episodes without Finn and Jake, or actually, really any character that we know. Interesting. Oh, this this episode guest stars Pema Alden as Gunter. Yeah. 
That'll be but interesting. Not, not the Gunter that you know and love. Oh. All right. Well, let's get to this app. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anything else before we depart, Sean? Any uh I mean you did get some good quality plugs in. I did, yeah. The Kraken Quartet show is on July twenty second, twenty third at the ground floor theater. Um uh plug for Juiceland. Plug for uh John Mayer's sweet, sweet lead guitar playing um on the Den Company show tonight. Um and you know, Bob Weir, I know that you're an avid listener of this show. Um if you'd please, please play Dark Star tonight, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. So um Sean's also made some really cool solo music. It's gonna be in the um the episode description. Yeah. Go listen to that. Check it out. Cool. Good good app. Good app, guys. All right. Peace out, y'all. See ya. (laughs) 